Coming up in this episode, a singer-songwriter, reality TV star, Music City mural painter, Cumberland University baseball player, who had huge setbacks and a big comeback. The story of Anthony Billups. We'll also introduce our new agriculture segment, Roosters and Roots, and talk with my friends at Edwards Feeds in Lebanon, who have literally introduced millions of folks around the world to agriculture through their birthing barn. And Main Street Sumner County's retail winner, Once Upon a Time by Amy, will share a dream that became reality in retirement. So listen, subscribe, and share. I'm Devin O'Day, and this is Main Street Today. Welcome to Roosters and Roots, an agricultural podcast for anyone yearning for a simpler life. In the past few years, Eat Local has become a movement not only to support the local farmer, but to become part of the agricultural fabric, even in the inner city. From backyard chickens to container gardens to entire moves out of the city to embrace a simpler life, less dependent on major market food supplies. Well, that's become the new American dream. Even television has embraced the movement with shows like the modern-day Green Acres, Bless This Mess on ABC, featuring Dak Shepard and Lake Bell, whose characters Rio and Mike move from New York City to rural Nebraska for that simpler life that turns out is not quite so simple after all. My husband's great aunt died and left this farmhouse to him, which is why we're moving to Nebraska. Hey! You quit? I all the way quit. I'm going farming in Nebraska. Mom, I need a simpler life. Okay, uh, you know, I guess it could use a coat of paint. Oh my God, it's attacking me! What are you doing up there? I'm experiencing the panic attack. All right, I'm coming. I'm here. I'm going to guide you to the ladder, okay? okay? You're not stuck. It's just in. We are stuck. (laughs) The best part of farm living, or even simple urban farm living is to seek guidance on how to do things in an efficient, cost-effective way. This podcast will cover startup ideas and even improvements for the well-established farmer to increase the yield with less stress. Our first visit is with Dr. Pack, a young farm vet making his visit to a five-acre rescue ranch called Angel Horse Farms in Lebanon, Tennessee. What kind of things are needed annually in the spring for horses? Yeah, so this time of year, um, number one thing I would say is vaccinations. So when it comes to uh, cattle and um, uh, ruminant species, goats and sheeps, uh, especially vaccinations to where uh, those animals, as the weather changes, stress is a factor on them. Uh, stress allows for uh, viral pathogens to uh, really take a foothold, in which case vaccinating, we're vaccinated against a lot of those viral pathogens, black leg uh, and the clostridial diseases in cattle. Horses are the same way. Uh, I think the two vaccines above anything else that every horse needs is a rabies shot and a tetanus shot. Those are two things that uh, every horse is going to be susceptible to. I don't care what you're doing with them if they're just in the backyard or if you're taking them on trail rides or or what you're planning to do um, those are two things that every horse needs but certainly um, animals that are going to be around other horses going to be going to shows um, different events trying to make sure they're protected for flu rhino which are respiratory pathogens strangles which is another bacterial disease in horses trying to make sure that they're protecting it so is a must um, and then certainly also the springtime part of the year deal with parasites more 
winter we've been in hibernation mode a little bit for parasites now that the green grass is popping out sun's popping out more parasites start to become more of an issue so they kind of come out of hibernation start really attacking uh, the animals so trying to make sure we're doing a, a good uh, prevention program for parasites uh, is a definitely a must in the springtime since the 1930s, the Edwards family's been part of agriculture in Lebanon, Tennessee, starting with a hatchery, then moving to their current location in 1954 and expanding into a livestock feed mill. Tim Edwards continues the family business to this day and explains the difference in Edwards' feeds. Really, we just maintain and concentrate on nutrition and to what's better for the horse, and uh, we don't try to pay any attention to what our competition's doing. We Nutrition's what it's all about. And we just make sure that the feed's got everything in it that the horse is going to need daily to maintain and live a long, healthy life. And not just right today, but six months down the road. And when you go to the website for Edwards Feeds, you see like all these different mixes and all these different blends. And any problem that you got with your horse, there's something for that horse there. And I'm sure that's for all other livestock, but, but you've got how many different kinds of horse feeds do you have? We probably have got 10 different ones, but we do a lot of specialty rations for people depending on what their needs are uh, as of hay. Um, some people feed alfalfa, some people don't. Some people have certain problems in their barns that we need. We try to approach with the with the feeds, uh, cushions, uh, tying up problems, things like that. We've learned just like me and you, uh, we can control with our diet, our health, and point it in the right direction with what we eat. So the same thing with the horses. But you know, other outfits make good feeds too. I, I just I just don't get into the ball game of trying to be the cheapest ration. There's a reason we got six different vets that buy from us, and uh, and that's the main reason we focus on nutrition again. Yeah. Jen explains the new Ag Center that needs your help, especially since there will not be a Wilson County Fair this year. Um, it's called the Agricultural Learning Center. It started in 2018 when three of my pigs had babies during the fair. Um, Squeakers was the main show. She actually was the only one that had her babies, but... Um, that experience showed Tim and I that there was just so much missing in people's lives when it came to agriculture. Um, and we incorporate uh, agriculture in with a program Fiddler's Grove has called Pioneer Days for fourth graders and fifth graders. And uh, just going and talking to kids, it just opens our eyes to know that kids don't know that chickens lay eggs. They think you just get it from Kroger. All these people's questions and comments and just their curiosity made Tim and I want to build something that people can use, adults and children, and make it fun. And hopefully we'll break ground, and our goal is to have the building up and done by 2021 fair. Um, it's going to cost $4 million to build the barn. We have about a million dollars raised right now. So if you go on birthingbarn.org, or you can go to Edwards Feeds Facebook page and click the link there to get you to birthingbarn.org. We're doing a fundraiser. We're excited. We finally have gotten everything up and going so we can get everybody involved in it. And it's, it's been a really neat and interesting experience. We have a very big following. I believe at one point in time there was a four-hour span where 
two million people watched. Well, can you imagine if all those people who watch the live birthing cameras at birthingbarn.org just gave a couple bucks, that barn would be built in no time. Since there is no fair this year, we encourage you to go to birthingbarn.org. Just consider giving to help people learn. And it's not just a Tennessee initiative, and it's not just a local initiative. It literally educates adults and children around the world to agriculture and what it means to run a working farm. We encourage you to stop by Edwards Feeds if you have any question. They're located in downtown Lebanon, 123 West Market Street in Lebanon. But just look for the grain silos when you get to downtown. Pretty easy to find. And I promise you, if you open the feed bags, you're going to want to dive in too. <laughs> if you got questions about agriculture, just ask our friends at Edwards Feed. This is Roosters and Roots. I'm Devin O'Day. This is not just a story about the Main Street Sumner County winner for best retail store. It's a story about dreams and working with a spouse and creativity and a second act. As retirement is a goal for a lot of people, kind of like a forced vacation, well, we decide a little bit into it that we want something more. Once Upon a Time by Amy is in the Glenbrook shopping area in Hendersonville. Amy Sparks is our tour guide, and this is their story. We are literally in a children's wonderland. One of our Main Street Award winners, I mean, there's nobody that can compete with what I'm seeing in here. Nobody. It is so beautiful. If you were a kid, parents cannot get their kids to go shopping unless it's here. Once Upon a Time by Amy. Oh my goodness. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. It is a wonderland. You walk in and it literally looks like for every little princess and every little prince, there's something for you in here. There's a castle and everything. What gave you the idea? Because anybody can have a store and put things in it. This is not a store. This is an experience. One of my favorites is Once Upon a Time. And that encompasses vintage and things of the past. And I'm one that loves antiques and I guess I'm old school everything that's old and vintage and I had a lot of those things that I'd collected so I thought why not take those clean out the rooms and let's put them in here and it just has worked I married the little boy and girl side which was kind of difficult but with my colors I tried to separate them but yet the colors play off of each other in the decor when people bring their children in here do they get kind of wide-eyed Absolutely, and I think that was such a marketing ploy for me because I had no idea. We've got two play areas. We've got a play area, and first of all, let me just preface this by saying, when you have a children's store, you want kids in here. I don't worry about anybody messing anything up. They are welcome in here. If you break it, it can be put right back together. So I've got a little play area, though, over in the corner, and the kids ask moms and dads to come in here, so that's kind of fun. We've got a play area outside, and I actually encourage uh, moms and dads to bring their lunch, and they can have lunch out there. I just love this place, and there are all sorts of themes throughout, from the wonderful, like the Noah's Ark, the the animals that are there, or the zoo theme, and you've got the castle, and but there's some really neat pieces that you have found. Let's talk about some of the vintage pieces like the Chatty Cathy doll and the Shirley Temple. Oh, my favorite Christmas. If someone was to ask me, my favorite Christmas was the Christmas I got Chatty Cathy. So she was a dear friend of mine and has been for many years. I've aged. She has not. <laughs> 
But, of course, she's going to come in my children's store. So, um, yeah, I loved her. That was my favorite. I always loved playing with dolls. And I guess I had just a crazy imagination when I was little. But this is what you do with it when you get older. Now, let's talk about some of your wonderful items of clothing. These are not just everyday ordinary children's things even the onesies are they so soft oh my gosh i'm a traditional girl i'm a southern girl really deep roots here so when i opened the store i thought well i'm just going to do smocking and all the pastel colors and everything i love and once i started thinking about that and putting that all together i realized that i was cutting out half of my customers because not everybody is smocking and traditional So we've kind of evolved. The children's clothing has kind of evolved for babies, especially. This really soft fabric right here and bright colors has been huge. Where it used to be more cotton and where you had to iron and all. And moms back then didn't mind ironing. Well, we're too busy now. So we've evolved into this and it's grown on me. I like it. So we've got a little something for everybody. We've got trendy and traditional. Do little girls still dress up for church like they used to? Do moms come in here, our grandmothers, and say, we want to get something for christening or we need to get something for Easter and dress up? They do. And that was, this past Easter was a killer for us in here because I had prepared for Easter with shoes and the cutest things ever. And of course, I guess Easter came, but church didn't come. How's that? So I have leftovers. But yes, people still dress up. People love to dress their little ones they're like little dolls you know and there's only this window that you have when they're tiny that you can select their clothes and they don't gripe or fuss at you and put them in what you want them to wear what about little boys they've changed a lot through the years but do you have to get some things that have athletic teams on them or something i don't typically because you can go to a lot of different stores and buy the athletic things we do have a line in the store called myrl for little boys that is absolutely so handsome it's a european line and it just it looks just like dad and of course daddies love it because they don't want their little boys you know in the little shorts and all that stuff that the little southern things that they think might make them look too feminine but they love the myrail so we've got the little suit coats and all all things like that I want to talk about shoes. You have got a shoe collection that is to die for, for little girls and little boys. We do. When I was raising my three girls, I remember thinking that shoes were really important. And I remember reading that those are the things that you don't pass down from one child to the next because everybody walks in their shoes differently and all. So shoes were real important with me and with my kids. So if you're going to have a shoe store, you've got to have a variety. I mean, a little girl needs at least 50 pairs of shoes, right? (laughs) (laughs) They still do. (laughs) True, very true. You have these wonderful banners that hang up that have really neat themes. Tell me about the artist. Tell me. The artist, I guess I could talk a long time about him. Actually, my husband and I came up I can't take credit I came up and found the pictures and he did the art and um, we married 15 years ago and he was a roadie for Leonard Skinner and when I brought him in here and found out he could do painting and art in a kid's store it was like what a bonus I mean how many Leonard Skinner people (laughs) can draw for a children's store but um, I can draw he paints prettier than I do so it was kind of fun I just got to tell him what to do (laughs) 
They're not typical fixtures in here, like this beautiful bird cage with a chandelier inside it. Is that like the whole thing was custom put together, or did you find it like this? I love going to market. That is like, just to me, that's my Disney World, and uh, going in those showrooms. And I'm not kidding. If you can, if you dream it or think about it, it's out there. So I had so much fun going to market and just putting all of this together. I mean, to the point where I couldn't sleep at night. It's like my wheels were turning because I knew even on the walls where I wanted to put certain things and all to try to get something real unique and something that would pop that you would come in and remember. Do little girls come in here before pageants? Do little girls do pageants still? We do. In fact, we had a little pageant winner about three weeks ago that we put on our Facebook page. So we do. Because we have such unique specialty items that are a little bit you, you know, unusual and some of the things I can embellish or make them a little bit more exciting or give them that pop and all, so I can help to embellish. So, yeah, we dress little pageant girls. You know, when people start thinking, where would I find something like that? Where would I find these are things that if you have a baby shower coming up and you need something very special as a gift or christening gowns or things that you can use for such, you have all of those kind of accessories and things here. But I want to go back. What did you do before this? <laughs> it's crazy. I worked at juvenile court, Davidson County Juvenile Court, for 13 years. I arrested kids. I released kids. I appointed attorneys. I sat and talked to parents and children. And I got to turn my card key in and go home for the rest of my life. I guess I was retiring and sat on the front porch for a couple of weeks reading Danielle Steele and just thought, as much as I love Danielle Steele, it just wasn't getting it for me. So I started dreaming of what, you know, I had a lot of life. It's like, what do you want to do next? And I'm not one to just take it easy much. I've got to dream and think of something that we can do next. And so all of a sudden, this popped in my mind. And um, I don't know, I think my husband thought that I was crazy. But usually if I mention it, he'll go along with it. And I'll, tell, I'll say to him, hey, let's do this and this and this in the store. And he'll say, you want to do what? And... <laughs> I'll say, I think we can do it. Come on, let's try to do it. You know, we may even fight just a little bit, but then at the end of the day, when we go to turn the lights out, we both stand there and just hear the angels sing. (laughs) (laughs) We have a website and Facebook, so you can find out all of our activities. And we do great sales, and we let everybody know. At Christmas time, we do free Santa pictures. Easter, yeah, we do free Santa pictures, and it's wonderful because it's in front of the Red Castle door, which is a beautiful background. Santa Claus is adorable. And Santa Claus has come so often that he knows the kids. Now it's really, really fun. And then um, Easter time, we do free Easter pictures, and we bring in live bunnies. So that makes it really fun, too, for the kids because I'm an animal lover. Once Upon a Time by Amy.com on the web and Facebook, too. Online orders anywhere and customer service that surpasses anyone. There's a reason people drive in from other states to experience this one-of-a-kind place. Our Main Street is full of the very best. I'm Devin O'Day. Anthony Billups, Crazy Hearts reality TV star, Music City murals painter, art gallery venue owner, singer-songwriter, and former Cumberland University baseball star. A true Nashville character, witty, poetic, and very, very rare. From pitcher to painter, 
how this man's loss of vision changed his view on life. She met that Richard in a Life is a long, hard road, you know, it has bends, turns, twists. Six years ago, on a rainy day in Indiana, Anthony was driving his SUV with a few of his baseball buddies. We were just t talking about what we were going to be doing for this summer. Moments later, a tire blew out. Anthony lost control. Flipped, rolled a few times, and, and, uh, and then climbed out. He and his friends were lucky to walk away with only a few bumps and bruises. I just had a huge welt, like somebody had like I got hit in the back of the head with something. Anthony was ready to continue his stellar baseball career. With a fast ball clocked at 93 miles per hour, he had pro scouts watching his every move. But a month after the accident, Anthony started having bad headaches and blurry vision. Before I knew it, I was in the hospital and uh, couldn't see. Anthony was blind. You go to some, some deep places and, and, and uh, think about, you know, what, what's going on, why is it happening? Am I going to be dependent on somebody for the rest of my life? Uh, everything that I'd known to that point uh, was throwing baseballs. I didn't know how I was going to be without that. He was blind for two weeks, and then, all of a sudden, Anthony started to get his sight back. A few weeks later, he could see again, like nothing ever happened. To this day, doctors still aren't clear on why Anthony went blind. Anthony finished up his college baseball career at Cumberland University in Lebanon. But being blind for those two weeks made him see a whole new world. If you want to make it in this town, don't go burning all your bridges down. You gotta play the games. Remember names of everyone hey hey do as I say don't do as I've done you truly are a renaissance man that, that's who you are all of my favorite artists were renaissance men and and they were also ninja turtles so I appreciate you saying that <laughs> yeah Michelangelo that was my favorite you know ninja <laughs> turtle and artist. we uh, I've released a new video uh, for Van Man, and uh, we've had a, a really good response to that, it being the time where people can't get out on the road in the vans anymore and play music here for a while. Uh, I think everybody's really liked it. Van Man, a rain, snow, cedar, shine, we ain't never not made it to a gig on time in a 1986 Econoline Van Man. Van Man. That tornado back in 92 Or the hurricane outside of Baton Rouge There ain't no storm I can't drive through I'm a fan man Fan man, fan man. Running around from town to town Ever down on the highway I wanted to experience, you know, how it was cutting a record, you know, back in the 70s. And, and, and uh, just something in the moment, I've always kind of been overwhelmed. I didn't grow up in the studio. So kind of that, that process can be a little different for me. So I wanted to create this one in the moment. And uh, we had a really great long day at Southern Ground. I'm fortunate to have incredibly talented friends. Uh, and we laid the, the, the groundwork, the foundation for the album, and then just over the last year and a half or so, did my best to sing it well. And uh, now it's time to get it out, hopefully. If you've ever seen a cowboy cry, 
It's something you'll always remember It's as empty and blue as the Montana sky Rare as the rain on the desert When cowboys cry They can't hold back the tide And the floodgates open up wide They let go a lot of influences from that time period because you stepped right out of a Chevy van in my head. I mean, I'm looking at you and I'm going, you could have been in my high school class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where I grew up in Marceline, Missouri, my parents had me when they were 20 and their parents had them when they were 20. So everybody was my great grandparents, my grandparents, my great aunts, great uncles. I was around old folk the whole time. And, and, and I, I kind of grew up with my parents. So I was fortunate that my parents were um, at an age where they really, they, they loved music. And, and, and uh, they just, they knew that I loved it. And, and it was kind of, it's always been our thing to share. And uh, so, I mean, I, my, my grandparents are the same way. My, my, my grandma Trudy, uh, she had a jukebox in her house my whole childhood. So I could just go over there, you know, and, and listen to old music and, and, and it became my influence and I just am an old soul. There were two big white lion statues sitting there staring right at you at the foot of the stairs leading up to my great grandpa's porch. It was screened in and painted white and it felt like everything would be all right. Cause we were gonna spend that whole summer's night On my great grandpa's porch I can still hear him call my name Hey Anthony, are you ready to listen to the game? My love for the Royals, I guess I could blame On Denny Matthews and my great grandpa's porch Great Grandma Anna Mae would sit in a rocking chair and sew. Great Grandpa would keep the scorebook and now I know that's where their seeds of love were sown on my Great Grandpa's porch. Anna Mae would get up and go start dinner. Grandpa and I would cheer for our underdog to be a winner. We'd get a random visit from a drunk sinner on my great-grandpa's porch. He'd say, Preacher Kelly, I've fallen on hard times, and even though Grandpa knew that man was lying, he'd still give him whatever money he had on my great-grandpa's porch. 
And as that man would walk away, I can still hear all the words he'd say. As we bowed our heads, held hands and prayed for that man on my great-grandpa's porch. Next to his AM radio sat his Bible. And at the drop of a dime, you could be in revival. But he preached at us only when we needed it. On my great-grandpa's porch. If you know me, I'm sure it's crazy to think There never was a single cold beer drink Nor a cuss word was ever heard On my great-grandpa's porch But you see, just like me He started out as a rounder And I don't know if I will ever end up being a pulpit pounder Like he was, but if I do, I learned it on my great-grandpa's porch. He lived until I was 19, and since the day he died, I still have never seen life in the world as clearly as I did on my great-grandpa's porch. Anna Mae passed away a couple years back in an old folks' home. The last few years there, her mind just roamed. And I always thought she was wishing that she was on my great-grandpa's porch. Every time I go back, I go and find their plot. I sit on each stone and sing a song I wrote called My Best Shot. That's the closest that I can get these days to my great-grandpa's porch. Now I'm married and I got myself a wife. And I will spend every day for the rest of my life Trying to build something even close to like My great-grandpa's porch One day the Lord shall call me up And I will see him in his chair with his favorite coffee cup We'll play a game of Rook and I'll bid him up On my great-grandpa's porch and finally, after all of my lifetime of tribulations and toils, I'll look in his eyes again, hold his hand and say, Let's go, Royals. I love you, Grandpa Kelly, and I'm so happy to be on my great-grandpa's porch. Drake White and Leith Lofton, they have a song called Born 50 Years Too Late. I've always felt like that was me. But when I hear you know, the Don Williamses of the world and stuff like that, that's just the music that really started speaking to me as I got into playing myself. I'm an old soul, no passion. Good old boy with a burning passion for the song from the heart. I can feel them from my head to my
songwriter named Dennis Lindy, who wrote for a company called Combine, run by Bob Beckham. And Will Lindy is Dennis's son. Dennis is not with us anymore, but he wrote songs like Goodbye Earl and quirky different songs, but he was part of the Combine family. But there was a picture of Bob Beckham, who I used to hang out with a lot, a publisher, as a very young man next to Chris Christopherson as a very young man sitting on the hood of the car along with Shel Silverstein and Chris Gantry. Oh, wow. And they were all really young, really young. And I'm going, that's a part of Nashville that I remember when I first moved here. Great artists and storytellers. And, and I just feel like if there's one person that could fill those shoes, it's you. So I am so glad to have spent this time with you. Well, I tell you what, you 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 about got me to cry there, Devin. I I uh, you know as an artist and and somebody who uh, all I have is my art. And one of the songs that really hit me hard is uh, is Billy Joe Shaver, uh, "Live Forever." And uh, the murals that I paint, the artwork that I create, and the songs that I create, you know, that's ultimately my legacy. Follow Anthony Billups' music on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And when you take a picture in front of a Music City mural, now you've heard from the guy who paints them. I'm Devin O'Day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll follow this cast and get notifications on all our new episodes. We'd love if you'd leave a review, share on your socials, send us ideas for future shows. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Main Street Today. I'm Devin O'Day.